What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Handle with Matt Brown and Mike Summage on vSEN, the sports betting network. Hour number two of The Handle here on vSEN and DraftKings Network. Matt Brown, Mike Summage, we're proud Brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Got some opinions already rolling in on how we think that this game is going to play out. We're getting some very good insight throughout the course of the next two hours as well. What we hadn't done, though, is kind of broken down the two teams from just a, okay, your offense versus that offense, your defense versus that defense, this special team, where, who has the best unit on the field on each of the respective Sides of the ball. And like, you know, listen, we'll start with the 49ers here, a team that was an absolute truck all year long from the offensive perspective. We know from a splash plays perspective, it was the number one overall team in the NFL by a wide margin because you don't typically get as many splash plays from the run game as they do as well. But McCaffrey's a walking splash play. And so when you add all those things together with the Ayuk stuff, with the Debo stuff, and then you add the McCaffrey, and then weirdly enough, even the Kittle stuff, um, by far the most amount of splash plays. So I think from, if we're looking at just playmaker perspective, it's without a doubt the 49er side on the offensive, uh, you know, from, from an offensive playmaker deal. And we'll talk about the quarterbacks in just a second, but like just, just strictly from a playmaker standpoint, 49ers by a mile. Oh, it's not even close, yeah. right? I mean, if you, if you, you know, if you do the checkbox, side by side checkbox, right? You are taking Samuel over Rice. Yes. You are, I mean, you are taking Ayuk over whoever number two is, yeah. right? Yeah, and Kelsey, I would take over Kittle. I'd say he's slightly better mm-hmm. than Kittle. Running back, you're taking McCaffrey, right? It, it's pretty much up and down except for two spots on the offense. Yeah. I would rather, by a long distance, have the Ch- Chiefs offensive line, and I would rather, by a large gap, have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And those are probably the two most important spots in an offense. Yeah, and, and but it, if, you, if you look, I mean, it is – there is a world that exists, right? And we're, we're both on the Chiefs. I think you've gotten that over the course of the first hour. But there is a world that exists where Brock Purdy isn't forced into, I have him over an interception. That being said, I think there's a world that exists where he's not even forced to kind of put the ball in danger all that much because McCaffrey does, does well on the ground. Mm-hmm. Super high percentage passes. like So he's not throwing to the boundaries because that's, you're trying to go path of least resistance, which would be the middle of the field. These are excellent outside corners. The worst completion percentage to outside wide receivers in the NFL was against the Chiefs defense this season. So maybe Shanahan over the last two weeks has sat down and they've just gone, you know what? Let's just not do it, right? Yeah. Let's We'll run the ball with McCaffrey. Let's uh, drag Debo over the middle. Let's have Kittle just run little seven-yard ends and things and whatever. And like, there, I think there is a, a, a game script where they just go that route. There is. And I think Mike, Mike, who our first guest, brought up a very good point with, okay, let's say the, Chief, or the, the 49ers win this football game. What reason is that? And, and look, the Chiefs have not faced an offense that's this dynamic all season long. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, like the Ravens, yeah, they were a good offense. The Bills, yes, a good offense. But they don't have multiple weapons on the outside, plus an, an all-pro tight end, plus probably the best running back in the NFL that you can distribute the football to. So there, there's just so many more weapons here on San Francisco's side. And 
you know, I, I took a shot at Kyle Shanahan earlier. He's probably still one of the best offensive minds mm -hmm. in the NFL right now. Yeah. And so he, with all these weapons at his, his at his, uh, with all these weapons that he has that he can distribute the football to, you got to think that they're going to come up with a game plan that's going to attack Kansas City in a way they have not seen. How Kansas City's defense adjusts to that is going to be a key. I'm a huge Steve Spagnuolo fan. I think mm -hmm. Spags does a great job with in-game adjustments, does a great job with the game plan before, uh, before the game as well. That is going to be, to me, one of those key matchups there because you have strength on strength. You have the San Francisco offense, which is their strength on that team, versus the Kansas City defense, which is their strength. So that is going to be fascinating on that side of the ball. And, and if San Francisco is able to consistently get wide receivers open and, and really trick this, this KC defense – they're going to be able to move the football. That's the world where San Francisco is able to win this game because they simply outscore Kansas City. If you look, and you know, pro football focus is not the end-all be-all, but I, it is a good reference if you want to go in and try to get an overall view of the different units that are going to be out on the field. So if we take a look from a pass-blocking perspective, the Chiefs graded out as eighth overall in the NFL this season. And as you scroll and you scroll and you scroll <laughs> and you scroll, you come up to the San Francisco 49ers at 26th overall in the NFL. Now, as we said, a lot of times Brock Purdy can get the ball out real short, high percentage passes, and that's not going to be a problem. But I have as much respect for Spags as you do in all of this. I think he is probably going to understand we get a ton of pressure. Their game plan is going to be get the ball out of his hands quick and let's let you know not let him make the mistakes of trying to force the ball down the field. I think he tries to have some sort of answer to that. And you take a look here, pass blocking, 26th overall in the NFL against the team that gets the third highest amount of pressure on quarterbacks over the course of the NFL season. I think Purdy might find himself under duress several times in this game, and it's going to be how they decide to deal with that. What is going to be the kryptonite to all of that pressure that he's getting? Oh, He will find himself yeah. under duress. We saw Spags absolutely light up Baltimore's offensive line with blitzes in that game. I think you're going to see quite a bit of blitzing here from Kansas City. You can trust your secondary. You push those corners up. You put Samuel, you put Ayuk in press coverage, and then you say, okay, you got to get rid of it quickly to either McCaffrey or Kittle if you want to be able to throw the football because we are going to bring it. I mean, you've got one excellent all-world uh, alignment on, on San Francisco and Trent Williams. The other four linemen, not great. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there's a lot of weak spots there for San Francisco. So if, if Kansas City is able to attack with pressure, it also puts Purdy into a, a tough position early in this game where he's going to have to make difficult throws into tight windows against man coverage. That's the situation that you see turnover-worthy plays come from. And so I would expect Kansas City to try and really, really light up this San Francisco offensive line early and put the pressure on them. And I wouldn't be shocked if you see kind of hybrid run pass blitzes where you're like, we're going to blitz up the, the logical running holes and then trust if we get a bunch of our guys in one-on-one -on -one in pass rush situations, we're going to have one or more guys win that pass rush so that we can stop McCaffrey but also put pressure on Purdy if it is a pass. I'm going to swing back to this game real quick, but is some news that's coming through, some breaking news coming through. And we are a sports betting show, so let's go ahead. Um, Woj just came through. Joel Embiid is going to have a procedure done on his left meniscus, and that is going to put him out for an extended period of time. So if you had your eye on somebody else for MVP in the NBA this year, now's the time to go bet it because uh, it looks as if uh, Joel Embiid it will be out of the running because the new rules, you have to play a certain threshold of games in order to be eligible. He was already going to be on the borderline of that was anyway, but now – this saying he's going to be out an extended period of time, so he will not even be eligible to win the MVP. Even if he is able to come back, he can go for 85 a game. Over the last, it wouldn't it wouldn't matter because he wouldn't meet the uh, games played threshold. So that now market is completely wide open. Yeah, we saw his his number in the the MVP market absolutely plummet after mm -hmm. once once he missed the game in Denver, and it was it was rumored that it was an injury, not him just sitting out there. Uh, and it's going to be wide open here. The, the other part of this that absolutely matters is you're not eligible for to be on a first-team NBA, second-team team NBA, third-team NBA. That affects the contracts long-term for these players as well. So missing the 65-game mark here is going to affect Embiid quite a bit. I, that market, that MVP market, is wild to me. Because of this new rule, there is four or five different guys that are still very much viable to be able to win it. Jokic was the, the favorite last I saw. SGA absolutely in it. But you also have guys like Brunson who are sitting there at 90 to 1 that have dropped down to 50 to 1 over the last week. You could take some longer shots if you want to with the NBA MVP award this year because of this new wrinkle in the in the rules. Yeah, no, absolutely. So 
again, that is that is just coming through here. It's Woj. It's the truth. He's he's going to be out an extended period of time. Now, as bad as their pass blocking was, the 49ers actually were the number one graded run blocking team, which lets you know how much success they had with McCaffrey over the course of the season. I mean, the guy was just absolutely ran wild in basically every single game all season long. So you you think at the very least they are going to come out. I know that's part of your handicap here. They're going to at least try to establish it, you know, <laughs> if you want to do that. Um, again, knowing Spags, knowing as well, knowing his defensive schemes as good as it is, as I've seen over the last, you know, however many, 10 years that he's, you know, that I've been paying attention to that type of stuff. I also have to think there's going to be some sort of wrinkle because you cannot just let Christian McCaffrey own the game. There, there has to be some sort of wrinkle there. Now, I don't know what that is, and I don't know if that is leaving your dudes on on islands out there and saying, hey, man, I'm just going to need you to cover Ayuk and Debo because we're bringing extra dudes and we're not going to let McCaffrey run on us. But I, I, there's going to be something that's going to be done because if McCaffrey goes for 140 in this game, it's over. They lose. Yes and no. I mean, and this is this is, again, where I bring that comp into the Buffalo game. They allowed Buffalo to run the football all over him in the first half. And then in the second half, we saw them press up. They started running run blitzes early, and they were able to absolutely shut down Cook. I wouldn't be shocked if you see a similar opening sequence from Spagnolo and say, hey, look, we're going to play our base defense. We're going to bring some pressure, but we're not going to, to commit eight and nine to the box right out of the gate. We're going to make you prove that you can run it against us, make you prove that you can go down the field without making a mistake and try and get you in one or two third and medium, third and long situations. And if we can stop you in those spots, which is exactly where we want to be, then we're, we're fine with McCaffrey ripping off a four-yarder on first down, right? And so, to me, it's going to be interesting to see how they come out early here. But I, I would be shocked if Kansas City comes out and repeats Baltimore's game script. We saw Baltimore absolutely fall on their face because they only ran the football 13 times in the first half. And it's not like they weren't having success. Gus Edwards' first carry of the game was for 15 yards. And they only had three running back carries after the five minute and 36 second mark of the first quarter. I mean, just wild that that was the game plan that they came up with. You're talking about how good this run blocking offensive line is. You've got to be attacking this Chiefs defense with your run early and often. Because the other part of this is if you're running the football, you're keeping Mahomes off the field. Yes. That's and, a positive. And, and that is that is your mismatch because you are looking at a run defense that not only by this is not just PFF who they were down at 21st, but if you, you can look really anywhere else, you can look at all the EPA stuff. You can look at the DVOA stuff. It was, it was a below, lower third to lower bottom 10 um, run defense over the course of the entire season. And it's a number four pass defense. They're top five in pretty much any category you look at against the pass. And you've got Brock Purdy throwing the football. Why would you not run it with McCaffrey? Well, we had one very, very smart guest on the uh, on the show already. Let's see if what Adam Burke. We'll, see, we'll grade Adam Burke on an A to F whenever he uh, whenever he comes on you here. Better bring it. Just kidding. You don't have to agree with us. Just give us some good <laughs> takes whenever you come come on here. Beeson's on Adam Burke when we come back. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is The Handle with Matt Brown and Mike Summage on VSIN, the sports betting network. You've got a phone. Go in, vsin.com, vsin.com. When you go over there, you're going to see a new look, better navigation. And if you did it on your phone, it's a mobile-first focus. You're going to be able to scroll up and down that puppy like never before. It's a great new site over at vsin.com. It's headed up by our next guest, Adam Burke. Adam, how you doing, buddy? Appreciate you coming on here on a Sunday. And, uh, you know, listen, you know how much better it's raining outside. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you didn't have anything better to do. It's, come on. Come on. I, I appreciate it. But what were you going to do? Play golf today? You can do it. Yeah, no, no, not a great day to play golf. Uh, you don't have many bad days to play golf here in Las <laughs> Vegas, but today definitely one of them. But uh, no, happy to be with you guys. So we are sitting here, you know, a week away from the game, looking at some of the odds already moving a little bit, mainly in the prop market. Uh, you know, this total, want to start here, we see this go down to 47 and a half off of the 48 and then just absolutely stuck in the mud. Just has not moved at all with any of this and you know in in years past mike and i have hit on this a few different times want to get your thought in years past we just we knew for sure this total was going to steam up it was one-way traffic always people come in they're never betting unders it's always over 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 do you think now that we're in you know 30 plus states and there are you know sharper betters now all over the country as opposed to just you know the people that are coming into vegas and some of these guys are just rich businessmen who always steam the line up whenever they came in with their suitcase full of money their duffel bag full of cash (laughs) Are you expecting one-way traffic on this stuff again this year, or are you a little bit more hesitant? Yeah, you know, I I think it's kind of challenging, right? Because, I mean, there are a lot of big names. There are a lot of dynamic players on both of these teams. But at the same time, I mean, you know, the Chiefs throughout most of the season, it was about their defense. And everybody knows the second half under trend and, you know, how many of their games have gone under here of late in the second half. And, you know, for San Francisco, I think people are going to be skeptical of Brock Purdy. So, yeah, you probably don't see that one-way over traffic that you would typically expect in a standalone game of this magnitude like the Super Bowl. Truth be told, I'm kind of guessing, and and maybe this isn't a great guess, but I'm thinking this number closes 47, maybe as low as 46 and a half. But I'd be surprised to see this total go back up, uh, just kind of based on the fact that I think people will kind of expect both of these teams to want to run the football a little bit as well. I've heard that from both sides, people who like both sides of this game thinking maybe a more run-heavy game plan from both teams. I don't know why you'd take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands, so I don't really agree with that. But I do think that this will be a game that may have some methodical drives that don't move particularly fast. Like San Francisco, I think they had the fifth most plays per drive against on defense. So like to me, I think Kansas City will be in no hurry, and I don't think San Francisco will be either. So I, I kind of think this total closes 47.5, maybe 46.5. I like your thinking there, Adam. I already played an under ticket, so I'm hoping you that you are right around this total. Maybe get a little extra closing line value just so I can have my heart ripped out there. Now, Matt and I are pretty simpatico on a lot of this game, but there are two props that we disagree on, and that's the running backs. So if you've, I'm going to make you select both of these. You've got Pacheco sitting at 66.5 yards rushing, and you've got McCaffrey sitting at 88.5 yards rushing. Are you taking under and over for Pacheco and McCaffrey? Which way are you going? So if I had to pick these, and I, I don't actually love either one of them, but I think it'd be Pacheco over and McCaffrey under. You know, I, I think that Kansas City knows that they can put their guys man, in the secondary. Smart man, that Adam Burke. Cut I him off. Said it. I Cut him off. Said it. I always said it, that Adam Burke one smart guy. I've always said that. Well, I appreciate it. The Venmo payment went through, so thank you so much for that before the second Of course it's rigged. <laughs> uh, look, you know, I, I think that the Chiefs are going to be fully okay with putting their guys in one-on-one coverage on the outside because their secondary has been so good. So I think the goal from Spagnolo and the defense is going to be to stop Christian McCaffrey in that San Francisco running game. 
Whereas I think the Chiefs, you know, they, they kind of found something with the running game late in the year. Also, the Joe Tooney injury really wasn't as big of a factor as I expected it to be in the AFC Championship game. I don't know if he'll be able to give it a go in the Super Bowl. I'm guessing probably not. But it wasn't that big of a factor for them. And, you know, I, we talked about it going into the conference championship weekend. I like Jameer Gibbs over rush attempts because I thought the Lions would look at San Francisco and say, we can run the ball on this defense. And I think maybe they should have did a little bit more of that. I think Kansas City could do some of that. I think they'll be very balanced offensively. But I think Pacheco will find some nice gains, especially because, you know, he was banged up going into the AFC championship game as well. And he's got a little bit more time for rest and recovery now. Adam, since people are watching, they're definitely watching because they're all VEASAN Pro subscribers, and so they're watching. You have a vase full of baseballs behind you. <laughs> what, what is, is this, is, are they special baseballs? Is this just for aesthetics? Like, what's, what's, what's going on here? Uh, some of them are signed uh, okay. by, you know, Indians and Guardians of the past. Some of them are not. I believe, you know, there's one in there that's actually a Corey Kluber signed ball. Uh, but you know, I mean, you gotta have a good backdrop, yeah, right? Okay, you know, have, I just there's something in the background. I just didn't know if these were like, oh, I've caught these are all foul balls. I caught it games or something. I thought you had like, an awesome story, which, by the way, you can steal that. You can steal that if you want to moving forward. If anyone ever asks you again. So I will say this: my wife and I did get married at Progressive Field on the home run porch, and our centerpieces were vases full of baseballs. So yeah. you married the right woman, Adam. So, so there you go. So that, okay, that, we, now yeah. we're we're clearing things. If up. you're ever looking for an Adam Burke autograph, go to Cleveland. <laughs> go early. He's out in the outfield with his glove out there, just trying to catch some baseball. Is there a Jim Tomey ball back there? No, nope. no. I don't. I mean, you know, it, growing up, you know, when a when a player leaves in free agency, you don't really understand it the way that you understand it now. So there was a, a lot of animosity towards Jim Tomey for for mm -hmm. signing with the White Sox. I have to get you a Jim Tomei ball there for uh, for your birthday or Christmas or something. All right, let's get back to the game here. Adam, you've been blowing up my email because we've got something coming out soon that I have, I'm slacking on a little bit. I don't have my props in yet for the the big game guide coming out over VEASAN.com. Tell, tell everybody what they can expect from that guy that's, that's dropping tomorrow, right? Yeah, you're slacking. Matt Brown's not taking credit for his picks mm. in, the, in the Google Doc that's circulating around. But, yeah, it'll either be out Monday night or early Tuesday morning. The goal would be, obviously, to have it out Tuesday morning for the East Coast crowd at the latest as they're getting going. But we do have our Super Bowl premium betting guide. We did a free primer version uh, for a lot of our affiliates, for the most part, last week to kind of talk about some generic strategies in terms of the guide. This will be a much more pick-heavy product where we're going to have prop bets from hosts, uh, DraftKings Network personalities, all of our writers. We're going to have score predictions as well. Steve Mackinnon, our numbers guru over at vcin.com, simulated the Super Bowl. So we have his simulated scores and also the player prop outcomes that came out of that simulation. And of course, our producer here for the handle, Stephanie Kamershack, throughout the season, she's done a first touchdown article that will be included in the Super Bowl guide. So her picks to score the first touchdown, uh, the tracker that she's used on both of these teams throughout the course of the season. So really looking forward to that publication coming out here uh, either Monday night or Tuesday morning. Cliff Kingsbury is your new offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. All right, then. Does that move the needle for either one of you? Uh, no. Uh, who, who's the quarterback? <laughs> no, yeah. Well, I guess it'll be Drake May. Drake so, May, yeah. So. We'll assume that. So, I, I mean, I guess that – do you really want Cliff Kingsbury in charge of developing your quarterback of the future, Adam? Is that the guy you would go to if the next 10 years of your franchise is depended on this quarterback being good? No, but I will say that guy has an extremely good knack for failing upward. So I don't know. Maybe that'll be something that kind of helps Washington. Look, I mean, I guess having a guy like Terry McLaurin as sort of a building block in that offense helps to some degree. But no, not uh, not exactly the hire that I would have gone with. He'll do well in the social circles out there in D.C., yeah. though. He'll, he'll have a good time, Cliff. Yeah, it'll, be, it'll be good. I mean, he can't get that house. You know, he won't get that, that house. Not the same the backdrop. And whatever yeah. and all that. That's not going to that's not gonna happen. But all right, Adam. So what bets do you have in your account for uh, for the big game so far? So I actually haven't bet anything yet on the Super Bowl. So I hate to kind of take some of the wind out of the sails right, of then. this part of the segment. Well, but I will segment, and, uh, <laughs> right. well, I'll say this. I mean, I'm having a good college basketball season. Mm -hmm. So try to keep my bankroll more liquid for that because it is a, a sport where I feel like I have an edge right now. And I've done pretty well with that. There are a few things that I am looking at, though, and, and just some you know general strategies of mine for the Super Bowl. For one thing, I, I do like this. And I'm kind of waiting to see where the juice moves around on a little bit. I like Elijah Mitchell over his rushing attempts for San Francisco. You know, Christian McCaffrey gets dinged up in some way, shape, or form in every single game. And, of course, he's been getting treatment on the sidelines here throughout the course of the playoffs. 
So I think Elijah Mitchell will be used here uh, in some capacity, whether he's used as a pass blocker and gets a few carries that way, or there are just some design runs for him. I do like that. But to me, I and, and this takes a little bit of time, I think, for me to be able to dig into, which is another reason why I haven't played anything yet. I like to look at a lot of the defense and special teams props. I think those are things that are oftentimes mispriced because I like to look at what the offensive coordinators are going to do in these games and then bet the defensive props accordingly. So do I think San Francisco will try to force feed the run? If so, I'll be looking for, you know, Chiefs safeties and Chiefs linebackers over their tackles and assist props. Do I think that, you know, Kansas City may run the football a little bit more? I'll be looking for the same thing with the 49ers tackles or linebackers, excuse me, and their safeties in the tackle markets. So those are typically the props that I like to look at. And then the other one is, you know, third and fourth wide receivers, pass catching options, guys that aren't the big name dudes that might get covered or might get taken away, a la Kelsey in Super Bowl 54. Who's going to be the guy who kind of steps up? Those are the prop markets that I like to attack. And I think it takes some time. And also, I got to get this guide out, boys. It's a big thing that we do over this at Beast. Is true. This, this is true. And by the way, as Adam, getting all of that done will be done. Monday or Tuesday, so all of you VSIN Pro subscribers out there, be sure you can follow him on Twitter at Skating Tripods as well, and the brand new VSIN.com, his brainchild. So go and please <laughs> go ahead and take advantage of that. Adam, smartest guest we've had today, buddy. Thanks for it. Appreciate it. Uh, it's I mean, got the only guest, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. Third, but you're the you know, first one that's disagreeing with me around oh, these props, I Adam. It, I love it. I love it. It's absolutely <laughs> beautiful. That's Adam Burke, guys. And, uh, Look at that. I mean, just just unbelievable. Yeah, was, we, didn't, we didn't practice that. That, that was, was just a, that was beautiful. Solid eight minutes and terrible two minutes. Just a, just a symphony <laughs> right there. Just played out absolutely perfect. We'll see what Anthony DeBundo has to say when we come back. This is The Handle with Matt Brown and Mike Summage on VSIN, the sports betting network. With promo code, it's HANDLE, H-A-N-D-L-E. And what that promo code does is save you over 50% when you go in and get a VEASAN Pro subscription. Only $199 for an entire year. Get the best bets emailed, betting switch, get the betting guide. You get all of the great stuff that comes with being a VEASAN Pro subscriber. And you get it for over 50% off. But you got to use that promo code HANDLE. And how do you spell it, Mike? H-A-N-D-L-E. And you even get horse racing articles. You get the horse articles. No one talks to horses more. And more frequently and better than Mike does on the on the whole internet. I, 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 you know, Nysos, a very good three-year-old, is not going to be in the Derby, Rand. He actually called me yesterday and yeah. said he signed up using promo code felt HANDLE, pretty, H-A-N-D-L-E. Felt pretty good about his his, his race. He, he won some money. thought he'd get involved. Sloppy track, I assume. No, it was fast. It was fast yeah, track. It was Santa Anita. It, there was no rain in California yesterday. They canceled the card today in Santa Anita. And they were off the turf at Gulfstream. It was a rough day for horses. Got to get off the turf in this weather. You got to get off the turf. You don't want to eat it up. You yeah, got to be able to run exactly. the big stakes races. You got to get off nice. the turf. The, the goggles just get coated with, with mud, and you can't even see where you're going. That would be on the dirt. There's the turf is not the grass. There's come on, man. You can get grass all over your stuff. I get you on a racetrack. <laughs> I, I know all about the horse racing. Yeah, yeah just tons of it. Uh huh. All right, so let's talk some more football instead of horse racing. <laughs> no one cares about horse racing until, you know, May. So we'll, I do. We, most people don't care about <laughs> horse racing until May. So let's go ahead and talk some more football here. He is found over on the Twitter machine at Anthony DeBundo. You can find his work at Action Network. And guess what? His name is actually Anthony DeBundo. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Thanks for having me. Uh, excited to give some horse racing uh, thoughts. <laughs> there no, we I'm go, kidding, Anthony. Uh, My guy. Super Bowl Sunday, seven <laughs> days away. Yes. Oh, man, it is. It is. So let's uh, let's just go ahead and start with the general handicap of the game. We've got the Chiefs as two-point underdogs currently to the 49ers. How do you kind of sit right now from a side perspective? Yeah, so I, I do lean toward Kansas City. I think, you know, you have to ask yourself a question is, what would this line be two weeks ago, right? Because San Francisco was clearly taking a hit in their market rating in the last couple of weeks. They probably would have been four, four and a half uh, had this game been two weeks ago. Kansas City pulls off two underdog upsets, and now everybody's like, oh, well, of course you have to back Patrick Mahomes as an underdog. And look, I, I mean, I can't blame these people. If you do this every week, you're 10, one and one in your career. Backing Patrick Mahomes as an underdog, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, but I do think the Niners have some advantages offensively uh, on the ground that they can exploit here. And I think Kansas City also can exploit on the ground as well. Remember going into last year's Super Bowl, there was so much discussion about how you know the Eagles were the, one of the best pass defense in the NFL and the Chiefs were going to throw all over Philly. Uh, it ended up not really being the case. The Chiefs went pretty heavy. They ran the ball a lot and they were very efficient on the ground. And they actually think it's a similar recipe they're going to have for success in this game against San Francisco defense. It just hasn't been 
uh, the, the traditional you know defense we've seen the last three or four years. That has not been the case for this unit. I think it's interesting you bring up what this would have been a few weeks ago. I, I think it's fascinating when you look at the full season-long trajectory of these two teams. If, if you go back to mid-December when Kansas City was at their low after that loss to the Raiders and the Niners were flying high, blowing everybody out, I would have made this game six on a neutral. But if you go back to week one, I would have had Kansas City as a point favorite. So very interesting how we've seen this, this, these two teams ebb and flow throughout the season to end up here at the Super Bowl. You mentioned that San Francisco defense. To me, it's, it's just been a quagmire of a season for them alone. We saw them start out very well. They lose their safety. The last couple of weeks, it's just seemed like they've been very porous. What, what do you make of this San Fran defense heading into the Super Bowl? Yeah, so I, I do a weekly column uh, at the Action Network every Tuesday, kind of previewing the NFL games. And I've been writing this kind of week after week, kind of like a broken record, uh, the second half of the season when they were playing Arizona, even when they played Baltimore, saying, look, like this run defense is just not very good. And now you go back since week nine and you include the playoff data, they are 31st in rushing success rate and 29th in rush EPA. And if you look at both playoff games, pretty much exactly what happened. I mean, Detroit, if they had stuck with the run, they probably would have just won that game. They didn't really need to throw it that much. Not that they didn't have success there too, but they ran all over San Francisco. They were targeting Chase Young. If you go back and you know, pull up the film from that, it was very evident they thought they had advantages there on the offensive line. And this Kansas City offensive line has had trouble in pass pro this year but it's still a pretty good run blocking unit grades out pretty well they should get joe tooney back uh, he's been great as one of the best run blockers in the league this year pff so i think there's success uh, on the ground to be had for pacheco and i took his rush yards over and i think that they're going to stay in this game by shortening this game and by keeping the ball out of the hands of the san francisco offense and kind of grinding this down it's been what they've kind of done most of the season uh, is is kind of try to win ugly, and I think they're going to have to make this ugly. You know, normally you'd say, oh, they have Mahomes. The higher scoring, the better. I think a higher scoring game favors San Francisco compared to you know what Kansas City is going to try to do to win ugly here. Anthony, on the Pacheco side of things, I'm with you on the over on the rushing yards. I just you know just just had to throw that in there, Mike. I'm I undecided. Had, I just had to throw that in there. I'm undecided. I'm, yeah, with you with you there Jeez. on on the over. Um, as far as kind of like the the ceiling for Pacheco here. Do you think that there's any room for any alt plays? I mean, do you see a world that exists where he goes for 90, 95, 100, maybe even breaks the the, the triple digits in this game? Yeah, well, I think if you like Kansas City, you kind of have to like Pacheco alt overs because they're probably going to be playing from ahead uh, and they're probably going to be trying to kill off this game in the second half by using the ground game. So I do think there's a correlation between, you know, Pacheco rushing overs maybe even like a Kansas City first half money line or a uh, second half under, which is another thing that I'm also betting for the Super Bowl. Like, I think there's a correlation world where San Francisco is going to be efficient. Like, they pretty much roll out of bed and score 24 in the Shanahan offense with Purdy and everybody healthy. Pretty much where they're going to get to. But can they shorten the game enough to maybe hold San Francisco to 20 and win this like 24-20, 27-20? And on the back of Pacheco, where they have that final drive where they really need to keep the, the, you know, the chains moving and keep the ball out of San Francisco's hands. And Pacheco is the one getting those you know, 15, 20 yards late that puts them over the top to win the Super Bowl. I think that's going to be the key. Uh, and I think that was the key really last year in the Super Bowl and really the key. Uh, if you go back and, and look, like everybody talked about Mahomes and how efficient he was in that game. Uh, the, rush, the rush game against Buffalo was also very key in that, uh, in that upset. Now, one of the bets I already have in my account is the highest scoring quarter. And I actually went to the second quarter, which is plus 165. The fourth quarter, always the favorite. That's sitting there at plus 150. The first and third, both around 700. You mentioned the trends in the second half, that you like the second half under here. One of my reasons for playing the second quarter was because of these second half trends. Can you give us a little breakdown about why you like that second half under currently sitting at 23 and a half? I basically just play it every week. So if it doesn't, if it's not broken, <laughs> I'm not going to change you know, what's worked. Uh, for the C, I didn't bet it last week, and I immediately regretted it. Uh, had it against uh, in the Buffalo game, but I, I think when you look at just what's changed for Kansas City, right? What first of all, San Francisco was always slow. Uh, they're 32nd in pace, uh, first and second half. Uh, even when they're trailing, they're 31st in pace. Like they're not a very fast team. They do take a while to move the ball down the field. And I do think, Sam, you know, Kansas City is pretty good at taking away pass explosives this season. That's been their biggest improvement year over year is, is those corners and, and taking away the big play over the top. And, and so they're going to make San Francisco be methodical, but also the chiefs offensively this year, first half pace, eighth, second half pace, all the way down at 25th. Uh, and when they're leading in the second half, their pace is all the way down to 26. So they have not been a fast team whatsoever. And if you just look at the numbers as well, uh, rbsdm.com has EPA split by quarter and by half. 
they are a top three offense by pass success rate allowed in the second half. So when they get teams in those situations where they have, you know, the lead or or even that their teams are forced to pass against them, they have not been successful. And that's why, you know, they've only allowed 6.8 points per game in the second half. That's almost a full point lower than every other team in the NFL. And offensively, like once they get off the script, that's been the biggest problem for the Chiefs. They're still pretty good, even in the game uh, against, you know, both their playoff games. They scored touchdowns on the script. The first drive is so important for them to get a lead, get ahead, and, and kind of, you know, put some scoreboard pressure on the opponent. But once you've gotten off the script in these playoffs, it's been a lot uglier for this offense to move the ball. And that's been the truth all year long, uh, even going back to games where they, you know, had leads against Miami and Philly, and, and they almost blew it in both. They blew it against Philly because they just couldn't score in the second half. Uh, they're just not as efficient. And that's where I think the biggest difference between past years of the Chiefs and this year is still rearing its ugly head. And I know that they've elevated for the playoffs, but you cannot just throw out a full half season of data of this offense being pretty pedestrian just because they had one big game against Buffalo and then kind of went right back to what we thought against the Chiefs or against the Ravens. I mean, they scored the first two touchdowns and then didn't do much the rest of the game. It was mostly the Ravens beating themselves on the offensive side of the ball. So. I think we shouldn't overreact, but like I said, I think they'll have success on the ground, and I think they'll uh, you know, make this an ugly game that, that comes down to the wire. Anthony, we got about 45 seconds left. Any of the receiving props stand out to you? Number was too high, number was too low. Anything interesting at all there? I was intrigued by the IUK unders. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do wonder what his usage is in this matchup, just because the strength of the Kansas City defense is those corners. Uh, we saw him as high as 85 in the last game. I thought that was high, and even with that 50-yard miracle, he still didn't go over. Uh, I do think this is a more of a Kittle and uh, underneath to Debo game, not as much an Ayuk throwing against these top cop corners uh, who are allowing like no separation whatsoever. So uh, maybe an Ayuk under, uh, you know, Kadarius Tony is an interesting wild card. They ran him some gadget stuff on the goal line last year in the Super Bowl, even though he, you know, has been bad mouthing the team. <laughs> like, what's his number going to be anytime? Is he going to be like, you know, 10 to 1? Right. It might be intriguing as like a long shot bet that has no chance, but. Seems like Hardman lost his snaps. That's the one notable thing from last uh, last week is he lost all of his snaps because of the fumble and and uh, two fumbles, really. So, you know, maybe Tony slides in there. I don't know. That, that feels like dangerous. You can find his work over at the Action Network. He is Anthony DeBundo. Anthony, thanks for the time, man. Appreciate it. And good luck on all your bets. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, another Pacheco over. I'm loving it. I'm loving the Pacheco I, over love. I'm, I'm not oh. anti-Pacheco here. I, I, well, I'm changing the narrative to where that's what you are. I realize you're, you've been you're, trying you're, to do yes, that. Anti- I, I'm pro-McCaffrey. <laughs> Come on back to handle. We're talking more Super Bowl. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is The Handle with Matt Brown and Mike Summage on VSIN, the sports betting network. Head to your app store, type in DraftKings Sportsbook, and then hit the download button. And when you do that, you're going to use promo code VSIN when you make your deposit. You're going to look in your account, and you're going to get 200 in bonus bets instantly after you bet $5. Just a $5 bet gets you 200 instantly in bonus bets when you use the promo code VSIN, V-S-I-N. Over at DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Matt Brown, Mike Somich, getting a little distracted by the pickleball grand slam that's going on over here. A little disappointed there's not a line for this. Yeah, I guess that. I th- oh, it is live. It's just live in the yeah. upper right-hand corner. You don't you don't televise pickleball on tape delay. It is. Not when you got stars like like Steffi Graf it and is. Andre Agassi it and John is. McEnroe. It is live. It is. We have Andre Agassi and Jack Sock uh, up against John McEnroe and and James Blake. And so uh, we'll, we'll, you know. They're off and pickling. They're, yes, they're off and pickling. Going at it right now. You, you've brought this up a few times just kind of off air. And we might as well talk about it here on the show. Like, Everybody seems to be on Pacheco over. I, I mean, th- 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 this seems to be a very, very popular bet. That said, I mean, the lines only moved two yards. Um, it, it was 65 and a half up to 67 and a half now. I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing again, like I'm just guessing, but I'm guessing 69 and a half, maybe by the time that it, that it goes, because it, it does seem like everybody is in love with the over here on the Pacheco stuff. The world is on the over with Pacheco, based on what everyone has, has been saying, and I get it. I mean, when you look at Pacheco and, and what he's gotten from a, a carry perspective, two of the three playoff games, he's gotten 24 carries, so it's it's not like he's uh, being limited from a, a ground perspective. Now, he got 24 against Baltimore for 68 yards, so barely squeaks over this total with 24 carries. He got 24 carries for 89 yards against Miami. If you go back to the regular season, he did. He only got 20 carries in one game all year. So been much more heavily utilized so far in the playoffs. I think a big part of this is, do you think he gets 20 carries, right? Because he's, he's, if you look throughout the regular season, there's a lot of 12s, 15s, 13, 11, 15. It's, it's, if he gets in that range, do you still think he gets over that 67 and a half? Are you banking on the game plan is we are pounding the rock against San yeah, Francisco? Yeah, I mean, that's, the, that's what I'm going with. But yeah, I mean, there's a, there's, but, you know, the other thing is though in this one, Obviously, the Ravens' defense much, much, much better against the run. Yes, than, they were very good yes. against the run all year. Yeah, much better against the run than the 49ers were. I guess I the other thing that I I'm kind of thinking and you know along the, as we as we're talking through this, maybe though we haven't seen this really move from a total perspective because we're talking to sports betters, but we're not really talking to the general public. I, 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 the general public's not out there hammering the Pacheco under, though. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is I don't know if it's going to be the flood come game day or leading in the game day that would be on a McCaffrey. Like, I don't know if Pacheco is – I bet you could ask – we could walk through the sports book right now and ask who the running back is for the Chiefs, and we'd probably find some people that didn't know it was Isaiah Pacheco. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I bet everyone who knows it's Christian McCaffrey for the Niners knows it's Isaiah Pacheco for the Chiefs. And I just I say that because he has been highlighted quite a bit in the media once this playoff run has started. I mean, he was on SportsCenter with SVP twice of after the, some of these games. I, I would be surprised if he's not become more of a household name, especially the amount of carries he gets. He runs angry. He's won multiple angry run awards. He's, the way he runs, it seems like he's trying to punish the ground as much as the players. Like, there's some uniqueness to, to his game, and... Maybe not everyone who knows McCaffrey will know Pacheco, but he is much more of a household name than he was even a month and a half ago. Sitting here on StubHub, if anyone wants to make a, a last-minute trip <laughs> out here to Las Vegas, if you want to go and you take in, I, I you know, let's just we'll be conservative. It's just uh, just just two tickets. If you want to sit on the, uh, if you want to sit, let's call it the forty-five yard line or something. They're going to run you about eighteen thousand a piece. 
Yeah, I went on to see the cheapest tickets. I think it was on uh, it was on Vivid Seats, mm-hmm. and they add in the fees. And the cheapest ticket the other day was nine thousand four hundred and twenty-six dollars to get in the door. But you know what? It was an amazing deal, according to the app. It was. <laughs> I just looked at uh, there are two. There's a there's two suites uh, two suite uh, seats. So someone's gonna allow you to come in their suite with them. Oh, nice. Thirty-one thousand five hundred apiece. Now, whose suites are they? Because no, I that, mean, then then that, 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 that could you be. imagine you get in a suite? You get in a suite, and it's people you just hate. They're obnoxiously rooting for the team that you're not rooting for. Like you paid thirty-one thousand dollars for the seat, and it's just like they are crazy for the team that you're against. So, did you see the story that McCaffrey tried to get a suite for this game and he couldn't afford it? I mean, I thought it was that they that his mom said it was like, don't get it because it's too expensive. Uh, it was one point five million, I think, that they were saying yeah. to get. The I mean, suite. he can afford it. It's just he, he doesn't want to pay for that. I mean, I wouldn't want to pay for that. Yeah, either. I mean, apparently, as a a very very popular influencer girlfriend as well that's making a couple bucks yeah they talked about it and they decided not to i mean 1.5 million for a suite is wild the prices for this game are absolutely asinine like i i am i remember when i went to the super bowl it was 20 humble brag face was 1600 humble brag and the day the day of the ticket you could get in the door i think it was for like 2700 the full straight on 50 yard line seat they do have a couple of those available Twenty nine thousand one hundred and thirty five dollars a piece you think so. it's a humble brag because i went to one super bowl i mean yeah you're you, you just kind of threw that in there a little like oh and anyway that it was, time i went to the super it bowl. was relevant when you compare prices there's a story for my super bowl trip too we, i can't tell it on air but there is a story around that super bowl so trip. we do some fun facts you know every now and then around here and like listen this is just fun stuff and there was a, a person that put together a a lot of pe- internet people are like, internet wizards are just amazing. Like I, what they can do with the internet these days is, is just crazy. So this guy goes in, he builds this thing where you can look up all the players in the game by state, hmm. by college, by conference that they played at in college, and all okay. that. I'm sure you can guess the state that has the most amount of players in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's Texas or Florida. I'll go Texas. Oh, California actually. It is California. Really? Yes, 19 players in this game from California from the state of, that were born. Yeah. Well, in I, this, I, yes. Yeah. I'm and, surprised. Yes, I'm surprised. Just because when you think high school football, yes, you have very good programs on, in California, mm-hmm. but you think of Texas, you think of Florida, you think of the, the SEC states. So it is 19 players in this game were born in the state of California. 13 players born in Florida, 12 born in Georgia, okay. 9 in Texas. Oh, no, sorry. 11 in Texas, 10 rest of world, which that was pretty shocking to me. Yeah. Yes. 10 rest of world, which that one was one that I wasn't really expecting, but there was uh, there are players from Mexico and, you know, all over in, in a couple of players from Europe, whatever. Then Louisiana coming in at nine. Nine players born in Louisiana. So I, goes, I knew there was a reason you were doing this. Well, no, it just it's it's California, Florida, Georgia, Texas. But then you get to like a state like Louisiana. But it goes to, it comes down to you 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 look at these fertile recruiting grounds. Yeah. You look at these places that that typically produce tons and tons of players. And it it actually doesn't surprise me to actually see Louisiana as high as it is because it is consistently putting out five star players, five star recruits, these five star guys. Go to good colleges, and those good colleges get those guys drafted. You yeah, know I'm surprised saying? Alabama not higher on the list. To be honest with you, I mean, because I would I would immediately go to California, Texas, Florida is one, two, three. I think is almost a lock, and then after that, it's just that little belt of SEC country. Yeah, the college with the most amount of players in this game. This one I would not have gotten. I would have guessed for 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 a hot minute. Oh man, um, I'll go Iowa State, Oklahoma. Oh, I'm o- not shocked. Oklahoma has six players in this game. Clemson has five. Florida has five. Georgia has five. Michigan has four. USC has four. TCU has four. Interesting. Way to go, TCU. TCU has four. Hat, hat tip to the Horn Frogs in that one. So you're the purple one, frog. Thought that one was was fairly interesting as well. Whenever you go through, but it's a it's a fun. Time. I actually tweet this out. It's it's a good time killer. You just yeah. kind of go through and you just start kind of like. In case you want to get lost in another rabbit hole on the internet, Matt's yeah. got you. I've got you for your Super Bowl. And you know what this is? It's when you're sitting there and you're you're making your fifth drink with your buddies for the Super Bowl. And you go and go like, bet you can't tell me uh, which school, which college has the most players. And you'll yeah. know. And he won. And you make, you make, a, you make a little bit of money. If you're a single gentleman yeah. at a Super Bowl party and you're, you want to talk to a lady little, there, yes. that's a good, not a terrible opener. I'm going to. This is minus 500. You get this. The conference 
with the most I mean, players. It's got to be SEC. It's yeah. SEC by a mile, actually. Uh, 33 players from the SEC. The next closest is a Big 12 with 23. Yeah. So 10 more players from the SEC than from the next How's the Big conference. 10? Big 10 comes in at 21 players. Okay. Not bad. 21 players in, in this game. We do want to, uh, we're going to circle back around because Mike does want to talk a little bit about the special teams as well in this contest. They there matter, are, guys. They they matter. And also, there are some interesting special teams props. I mean, I added one into, you know, in my $1,000 whenever I was talking about the $1,000 bankroll stuff. And there's very there's some pretty interesting ones that when you really dig in, you start to look. And one that I found has to do with punting yardage, which I thought was, was fairly interesting as well. But it's it is those markets that... They they're putting up these they're putting up these numbers, Mike, but they're not paying as much attention to those. They are the ones that everyone's betting all the time. Not taking nearly yeah. as much action. Yeah. So they're they're more of those. Okay, well, when we take a big bet, we'll think about moving the number. But they're not taking the, the limit bets that they're taking on player props that they're taking on sides totals. So it's a, an easier not easier. It's a market that is going to be less accurate over the long run. We'll tell you which are the most bet props currently, and of course get in to that special team breakdown here of the Super Bowl. When we come back, it is The Handle here on a Sunday. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.